0: Street Epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about Street Epistemology at streetepistemology.com. We got to the point in life to where
1: you just can't, you just can't, You just can't can't speak to stupid. You know what I'm saying? And stupid is probably not a nice word to use, but I'm in my 40s. I'm almost 50 years old, and I can say whatever I want to say, well, to a degree. But you just, sometimes people are lava rocks, you know, those little red light rocks. They're lightweight. Uh Uh They're lava rocks and you just can't really speak to it because it's not going to understand mm-hmm. and that's how people are sometimes.
0: Here's what I found though, is that with this approach, <laughs> I'm not trying to speak to them to break through to them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're doing all the speaking, so yeah. the breakthrough is actually occurring on their own yeah, some, and that I think yeah. is extremely powerful. You
1: know what? Some, sometimes I just find like, I, you know, I'm just kind of like, it's not that I've given up on humanity, I'm just waiting, you know, for that for them to have their breakthrough and be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, maybe I should not be rude to other people. Mm. You know, so I'm waiting for them mm-hmm. to have a break. Yeah, mm-hmm. breakthrough is probably a better word than stupid. I should not say that, word, but.
0: Yeah, there's usually lots of good breakthroughs uh, when yeah. I when I interview people in this manner. So yeah, yeah maybe you can look into it. And
1: for sure. I'm really
0: glad that you stopped to ask me what I was yeah, doing. Yeah,
1: because I was like, I see him all the time.
0: Oh, hey, what's up? There's one of my conversation partners. Do you have time to chat? Second. Okay.
1: One thousand. Can, can I catch you later? Well, I gotta get her Okay. To eat he's Thanks so much. Doing. Hey, thank you for okay. meeting. Thanks for chatting. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out.
0: Good. I'm glad. Thank for you.
1: For shizzle, Anthony. For
0: Schizzle. All right. I'll see you. How are you, Vanessa? Hey, it's Anthony. I hope everyone's doing okay. This is gonna be another one of my breakdown videos where I'll periodically pause the conversation to point out things that are happening that maybe even people familiar with street epistemology might miss. This is my third talk with this individual, and I'm so grateful that she gave me her time and is allowing me to share these conversations with you here today. I think this talk in particular provides a fascinating glimpse into some of the challenges that face us today. It's going. It's going. Do you have time to do another follow up? I
1: have a few minutes.
0: Are you OK if I record it again? Sure. OK. Can I ask you to stand over there again in the shade? Um, oh, sorry, go ahead, go
1: ahead. No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, you
0: good. Okay. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind just standing over there again. And how much time do you have before you run off?
1: Okay, let me see. It is 11.21. Okay. So I have until 11.35, which means I have to to walk
0: away from here. What if I said it for nine minutes?
1: Yeah, that's...
0: Okay. I appreciate you stopping again. We've had... I think this might be our third conversation on yeah. camera, if I'm not mistaken. The very first time you wanted to talk about equity, I asked what that meant. You said it's epistemic justice. Mm-hmm. We started talking about narrative should be accepted as truth. I think that you had said and we used the, the, the example of the Cochina ancestors. Yes. Yeah, the that cochina, there's this yeah. group of marginalized people. Um, white people have put these cochina and they call them dolls.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: don't they don't accept the truth of the claim from this indigenous group that these are no, these are ancestors.
1: Yes, with the lifespan.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kinda talked about that a little bit and mm-hmm. then I think we even talked about we did this thought experiment where we started talking about the word true. Mm-hmm. And the word truth, and you had a, f- a fantastic quote. You said something like, "I've always had trouble with that word." Mm-hmm. This conversation was recorded about two weeks after our second talk, so my refresher here is pretty accurate. While I'd normally do some chit chat at the start, her availability is really short, so we jump right into it. So, do you want to pick it up with a with a broader discussion about what the word truth is, or do you want to get into a specific claim? We can pretty much go any way way you want to go.
1: Yes, so I had said that, you know, in K-12, I was taught the history of the Founding Fathers and so on and so forth as truth, as fact and as truth. Mm -hmm. But as now that we, that more voices, scholars of color have... platform and have created works and reinterpretations or their perspectives of history now language has shifted to perspectives so it went from us being taught the, the story of the founding fathers as truth to now having counter narratives that are being Passed off as different perspectives, um, but I came hmm. across this uh, retweet, this meme, and I thought of, of our conversations.
0: Okay, so I'll read it. It's from David Hogg. Is it when did he t- when did he tweet it? I don't know. I just came okay. across
1: it on Facebook and downloaded
0: He says the descendants of colonizers calling people illegal on stolen land is evidence of an education system that teaches lies, not history.
1: So I hmm. I saw that, I thought of our conversation, because he uses the word lies in there, which would denote a truth hmm. to being taught lies.
0: What makes something a lie? It's always nice when someone returns and says you've caused them to think about something. Now here she brings up the word lie, and since we've been mired in her concept of the word truth, we get right into that.
1: That it's rooted in a myth, a mythological origin story.
0: The Cochina ancestors, is that a lie?
1: I don't know if well, within their epistemological framing, no. Hmm. It's not. But the I think what David Hogs is uh David Hogs speaking to is that America's origin story is not It's true, but only from their perspective.
0: Uh, this is precisely where we need to be. What makes something true? Does a person's narrative make something true? Here she has to admit that the prevailing narrative about America's origin is true from their perspective in order to be consistent. Is truth dependent on a person's perspective? Or can truth stand on its own regardless of a person's perspective?
1: see and that I, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. That I, I would have to think further into.
0: Mm. Um, That's a good answer. Like- Acknowledging that you need to research something further is a good answer. Actually, it's a great answer, and I'm glad that I commended her for it. That's not an answer you'll usually get from someone who's closed-minded, and I just gained a ton of respect for her here.
1: Yeah, I, I would have to like really spend time... I would have to really spend time uh, thinking
0: about that. I probably should have ended this conversation so that she can go home and think about it some more, especially with her friend walking over. But for anyone who's familiar with doing street epistemology, you can probably understand how difficult it can be to end a talk, especially one in which it seems like you're making some progress. You remember we we did the candies the last time? Yeah. And we were talking about whether the total number of pieces within is even or odd Mm -hmm. would you agree that the total number of pieces in here is either even or odd regardless of the perspective or the narrative that we happen to be telling about it
1: no i'm saying that i can't make that uh i can't we're doing a
0: recording here just so you know um you're you're fine being in it i just want you to be aware that we're recording this and it might go on youtube yeah no
1: i'm good okay Um, I said that I couldn't come to that conclusion because it would really depend on how you're conceptualizing the whole. And remember a piece. I pointed out, yeah. yeah. So if you're counting pieces, mm-hmm. you would come up with one answer, but if you're accepting this as a whole mm. with the pieces inside as one, right. then it really depends on how you're how you conceptualize.
0: This reminds me of where I think we left it off, where if we had two indigenous marginalized cultures and they each had different narratives of whether the total number of pieces within a box of candies is either is either uh, even or odd mm-hmm. you've got indigenous culture and marginalized culture a that says if you ever encounter a person who holds a box of candies mm-hmm. the total number of pieces will be even mm-hmm. and then we have another narrative mm-hmm. that says no 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 the total number of pieces will be odd how do we settle the difference? How do we how do we actually determine the truth of the matter? Yes, it's true that they have narratives that it's even or they have a narrative that it's odd.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would you agree that one of them is correct and one of them is mistaken?
1: No. They're both correct.
0: They're both correct. Okay, yes. so this is this is the thing that I think we really need to focus on and and solve. Before we move on and talk about police brutality or anything along those lines, how does a narrative make something factually true? You know, in hindsight, I wish that I had simplified this down to, aren't narratives descriptions of what people think is the case? Until we can both see truth in objective terms, it makes no sense to continue on any other subject. This has to be the focus.
1: Well, I guess in terms of history, when you have, when you're promoting the narrative of we are an immigrant nation, we were. Built Would
0: you mind coming just a little bit closer? And yeah.
1: We were built upon an immigrant nation is not true. Settler colonizers came over with a very specific intention of settling land and exploiting people of color, mm-hmm. through their caste system, their uh, categorization of, uh, of racial identities, where white is at the top of the hierarchy.
0: Mm. Uh, did her response answer my question? Be on the lookout for non-answers that might cause you to lose focus. I'm not saying that she did this on purpose. It's tough to not bring up pet topics. I'll acknowledge what she said, but I'll redirect it back to exploring truth. So there might might be a white narrative of what happened. There might be uh, an indigenous culture narrative of what happened. Would you agree that, independent of the narratives, there's actually a factual truth of the matter of what really did happen?
1: I think it would be, that would be for white people people to, to uh...
0: Uh, Sorry. Hey guys, we're doing an interview here, just say no, okay? Oh, sorry.
1: but I do want to point out in this instance that we have to, we really have to remember our positionality.
0: Positionality. Yes. Uh, What is positionality? I was totally oblivious here that she was focused on something completely different, the snapping incident, and not our conversation about objective truth.
1: Okay, so what I want to point out is you you don't mean to be rude. You don't mean to exert your your white male privilege, but an instance like that you just snapped your fingers mm. at three people of color. Mm.
0: I would have done it regardless of That's their exactly their thing. Exactly.
1: Exactly, mm. and that will always be your defense. Mm. But you are not putting yourself in the perspective of people of color. To have a white man snap at them like mm. that um, is very disrespectful.
0: What is where, where's the positionality part so of that? So the
1: positionality in that is mm. you recognizing your tall, white, male privilege, light eyes, and where that socially positions you, mm. um, <clears throat> and really being aware of that, because that's where our break in in a lot of our, uh, our disagreements happen. Um, hmm. You see nothing wrong with that. In a person of color's world, there's everything wrong with that. Hmm. Because your whole experience has told you that there is nothing wrong with snapping at people like that.
0: Okay. That was 11 minutes. That was 9 minutes, not 11. An unexpected incident like this can totally derail one of your conversations. Let's see if we can recover and get back on track.
1: And we still have so much to cover. We have
0: a lot to cover. Yeah. And I think we maybe deviated just a little bit from this idea of narratives being true mm-hmm. because of that, that little incident that just yeah. happened there.
1: But, but that, that's actually the perfect example because the narrative that we are taught in K-12, the dominant narrative is that Mm -hmm. we are an immigrant nation and you know that we the people means we the people when
0: noises like that jackhammering in the background really irk me and i can see my frustration when i watch these talks later i'm probably better suited for a quiet trail rather than a noisy campus now she goes on for a while here but at least she's sticking around so i stay quiet while she vents
1: Placing yourself in that moment in time, it doesn't, I and mean, it never hmm. has included people of color when you have the the one-drop rule with black people. You know. What's that? So in that moment, when the Declaration of Independence is being, when the Bill of Rights is being written, uh-huh. they are not thinking of.
0: Would you mind coming just a little closer? I'm sorry, because of all that banging. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid you won't
1: get there. uh, They're not thinking of people uh, of color. They're not thinking of blacks during that time, in that moment when it was written. They're not even thinking of poor white people. They're specifically talking about um, wealthy white men who had money, who were property owners, when those documents were written. But that's like everyone's favorite thing to cite, as if they were thinking, yes, this Native American group is going to have, is of equal power as us white males. Like, no, we all know that socially, we know that that was never true.
0: Damn, that was an important reveal. And I missed it in the moment, probably because I wasn't paying close enough attention. Does social knowledge supersede narrative? How does social knowledge compare to truth? Definitely worth pursuing if I ever run into this fascinating person again.
1: You know, And, and that's... That hasn't even, and right now the dominant uh, narrative is a black and white narrative because the work that I do, Mexican-American studies, um, go up north, no one knows what a Mexican-American is. Or they're like, so like how, like what percentage are you Mexican? You know, they, they can't wrap their head around the idea of a Mexican-American and we get out. We get left out of the, specifically Mexican-Americans, get left out of the narrative because we get grouped in Mm. with Mexicans.
0: After politely waiting that out, I try to get our conversation back to truth. Yeah. Fundamentally, though, it seems like it's your position that narrative should be accepted as truth.
1: I'm saying narrative should be accepted as complex and not sold off as... As one
0: dominant narrative's truth. Okay, um, I know you have to go, but I was thinking about the Kuchina ancestors, mm-hmm. and this was the very first example that I think had come up, and I think you would say something like, "We're putting these Kuchina ancestors in in museums, mm-hmm. and we're calling them dolls,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when the Kuchina culture, I guess, mm-hmm. um, thinks that they're their ancestors." Mm-hmm. So my question is, do you think? There's two claims here. Mm -hmm. The Kuchina culture thinks that they're their ancestors, Mm -hmm. and the Kuchina culture is factually correct that those are their ancestors. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Do you think the Kuchina culture is factually correct that those are their ancestors? Yes. What makes them correct? I think we're back on track.
1: Because it's. If you if I leave my body myself and I position myself as someone within the Katina culture, yes, it is correct. It's not for me as an outsider to say it's not for me to meddle in if that's what they believe, that's what mm. they believe.
0: Is this outlook a result of people being too empathetic for others? It's factually true that they believe that those are their ancestors. Is it factually true that those really are their ancestors? Yes. It's factually true that the Kuchina ancestor, which we call dolls in the Museums, Mm -hmm. are literally ancestors Mm -hmm. because they have that narrative that those are their ancestors.
1: Because as...
0: Is that what you're saying? A quick question to confirm if she agrees or not. Yes. Mm.
1: And my justification for that would... Probably be
0: would probably be would probably be What's really happening here in this moment? Personally, I use wiggle words like probably all the time because I'm not certain about much But it's telling to see her use that here. It might be something she's never considered before is this uncharted territory This is why we need to be flexible with the reasons people give for their views. They may not be well thought out and that's fine It's still progress.
1: Because they are the natives of the land, who work the land, who know the land, who built their systems. You
0: know. Their narrative has a uh, a priority. Yes. Than any other narrative, because they were here longer.
1: Be- yeah, because they mm. are they are from and of this land, mm. so.
0: We are in classic methodological SE territory here now. Many people have told me that they will pause SE videos in these very moments and then think about what question they would ask if they were having this conversation. Feel free to do that here now if you'd like to practice.
1: As outsiders, we are the tourists in their area.
0: So we should accept it as factually true that those are not dolls, those are ancestors. Right. Because they said so.
1: Yes, and mm. we we are on native land, mm. so we can't ever forget that mm. we are on native land.
0: I totally understand what you're saying, and what I what this might be redundant, but I am wondering, do you indeed think it's factually true that those are really Kuchina ancestors? This was redundant, but I'm confirming her position before asking a question that popped in my head.
1: Yes, if they are to the people and they're that meaningful? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It
1: is. Because
0: the see oldest narrative wins? To see is that the is that sort of what we're talking about
1: here? Anyone,
0: don't let me put words in your mouth if that's not what you're saying. This is such a useful line. In addition to the obvious, it gives them permission to correct themselves.
1: Yes and no. I think that I my overall position on most things is I just accept things as complex and nuanced. Because hmm. the oldest narrative wins, yes. But when you start talking in terms of traditions, traditions are problematic.
0: <laughs> I'm going for my marker. Yeah, exploring the distinction between tradition and narrative could be an exciting new direction to go. I don't think we get into it here, though, because she goes off on another tangent for the next 40 seconds or so.
1: For what culture and society has evolved into, um, because, like, the tradition is to celebrate fiesta. What is the fiesta celebration rooted in? It's actually a colonial celebration. but because we, uh, Latinos don't have access to that history of why we celebrate, which again, epistemic justice, they blindingly and willingly participate in this
0: fiesta that
1: was that is actually rooted in the genocide of their, their own ancestors. Um, so that's how it all connects. Hmm. Um, so things are nuanced.
0: I'm wondering. I'm intentionally using these words to reframe the conversation from a place of wonder and curiosity let's say that somebody discovered a culture prior to the kuchina culture mm-hmm. that was older mm-hmm. and it was their narrative that these were in fact dolls that these are not ancestors of the kuchina culture would the would the ancestors suddenly become dolls if we could discover a culture before that, that was actually older or maybe here prior? Note the use of the word prior here to hearken back to our earlier discussion about prioritization and look at the honest, reflective thinking here. This is street epistemology.
1: I don't know. I don't know, because then that would mean... If it was an older culture, there had to... I think that the the representation of the ancestors would have some kind of evolution as well. If it was something... It would have to be someone or some culture completely not from the region hmm. to not recognize something that probably has already had its historical roots somewhere.
0: Hmm. It sounds like what you're saying is we have the ability to change the truth of reality if we find narratives that we find compelling for subjective reasons.
1: Yes, absolutely, every day, every day. You can wake up and um, be depressed or you can wake up and completely reframe your train of thought Mm. and decide to see the... The
0: positive and
1: take okay. it from there. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll okay, the you do, you do. You've been very patient with your time and very generous with your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really appreciate you stopping again. Oh, do you want your piece? You want a third yes. piece? Which color? That's it for my breakdown comments from what I found to be an intellectually stimulating conversation. This video goes on for a bit to include some of my immediate post-conversation thoughts. You can find a link to this conversation without my commentary on the end screen of this video and in the video description. Thank you for watching and please be constructive if you decide to leave comments below.
1: I think it was the other one that I needed. Okay, very but I nice. I actually lost one of them. You so lost I'll one? Have to come back. You want to take it? Sure. Yeah. I
0: think.
1: Okay. See ya.
0: Yeah, take care. Bye bye. This is a very difficult interlocutor. Um, I feel like I'm walking on a razor's edge with this particular person. Uh, There was an instant, two instances where one of her friends uh, walked into the shot and I I said, by the way, we're recording. But then there was another instance, incident, where there was these three people, they were off camera. Um, They were probably minorities. But I heard them chattering out of my left ear. I didn't even see them. Um, I may have looked over just like give them the eye like, just get out of here, but they were talking kind of loud and you know how sensitive I am about noise. So I kind of like snapped my fingers to get their attention (laughs) and I said, hey, we're doing a recording here. Well, that upset my interlocutor. She used that instance as a way to talk about my white privilege. Now, did I let that upset me or become defensive? No. I listened to her, I refocused the conversation and we got back to the point at hand, which is. Can narratives supersede the truth of the matter there were a few times where there were some I don't knows in there there were a few times in the past conversation I think where there were some I don't knows in there with her and that's good I don't knows are the doorway to belief revision so that was good that was good um, she's in pretty deep she has this tendency to go back to being very descriptive in the stories that she's telling in these examples and I, 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 always sense that I, oh, I'm going to have to kind of redirect it back to what we were talking about. She's getting into the weeds. I don't want to follow her into the weeds. I want to be up here looking down at the weeds, looking down at the grass, and figuring out how she's navigating to her destination. So all in all, it was a good, it was a good talk. It was a little bit tenuous there at times because she could have completely shut down the way that I acted with those three people. Uh, at least her perception of it. I thought I asked, asked. I thought I asked some really good questions there. Particularly this: keep bringing it back to narratives. Can narratives make something true? And in, in her view, they can. So I wanted to test her limits a little bit. If we found a culture that preceded the Kuchina culture, who said no, those really are dolls. What do we do with that? I don't know. I don't know. And and these are the seeds of doubt. These are the seeds of questioning that. I'm out here to plant so she can think about it and then maybe come back and we can talk some more about it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's perfect. Do you suddenly start looking to see which which narrative is oldest? Or do you yeah, how do you go about figuring things out? Does narr Yeah, oh my gosh, that's a that's just a great question.
1: That's just a great question.
0: The distinction that I was was really trying to get through to her was, the Kachina culture deems these objects to be their ancestors. Do you think it's factually true that that's what they thought? Or do you think it's factually true that those really are their ancestors, and she went all what she went full, <laughs> she went full relativism. She went full. Uh, I don't know what words to use here, but she went. She's all in. Narrative wins the day. Narrative wins the day. Nar- a narrative can make something true. And narratives can change so truth is changing depending on who has the oldest and most aggrieved voice and I I, honestly I don't see how humans can navigate the world with that outlook so we're gonna have to keep coming back to that we're gonna have to keep coming back to this so this is a good time if you're not comfortable unmuting yourself and talking um, leave some suggestions for me. She's comfortable coming up to me. She's comfortable being recorded. She's comfortable saying I don't know. So if you have some ideas on, on ways that I might be able to help break through with Vanessa, uh, please leave them in the SE live chat text channel and I'll read them later today. Good morning. How are you? I think I'm all right. Do you have time for a short interview? Good question. I'm practicing street epistemology. Street epistemology is where you... The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here, or not expressed here, do not necessarily represent those of the organization.